Thank you for tuning in to The Oscar Doctor. That is me, Robert Ang. For this episode, we will talk about The Oscars Best Picture. Please take a seat in our waiting room. Like I said, there are a lot of nominations for this year's Oscars Best Picture. We're only a couple weeks away. So, today, I'm going to give my case against every single nominee that was nominated for Best Picture. I will give my reasons why every single movie will not win the award. Of course, we know someone is going to win, but I'm going to do my best to really try to convince you that... The movie that you think is going to win probably isn't going to win. Stay tuned. Alright, so, like I said, the Oscars are just a few weeks away. And here at the Oscar Doctor, I like to answer as many questions or ponder about any thoughts that I have leading up to the big night, the night of the Academy Awards. This is the 90th year. So we have nine nominations this year for Best Picture, and there are a lot of good ones. A lot of people are saying this is a wide open year, and I do believe that despite what maybe the precursors or maybe the guilds or maybe the critics have been talking about. This is a wide open year, and In my opinion, there are still about three to four movies that have a legitimate shot to win it. Usually at this point, it's only down to two. So the fact that there's maybe four movies that really have a good chance to win the Best Picture Award, that's outstanding. So I'm just going to go down every single movie and I'm going to say why I feel like that movie is not going to win. Don't mean to be all Mr. Negative for this episode, but I found it easier to point out each movie's flaws and and the reason why each movie statistically won't win. And, uh, yeah, but we will see. We will see. Okay, so what I want to do first is talk about Call Me By Your Name. This is a movie that I have not seen, so I personally cannot give any comments based on the quality of the film. I do know that a lot of people love this movie, but I don't know if it's a big enough film to win Best Picture. Now, that usually isn't a problem, because I'm not saying that big films always win Best Picture. I think we look back to our last, you know, six, seven, eight winners, and none of them have really been great at the box office but this year there are a lot of little to medium films that are very very well critically acclaimed and very very well received by the members of the academy when i look at call me by your name you know i don't i see timothy chalamet being nominated i don't see any supporting nominations which is big because the fact that the three billboards was able to snack two for actor and not one for Call Me By Your Name, that's pretty big. Um, you know, it just it just might be too small of a film. The film did not do well in the guilds. You know, it got nominations here and there, but it didn't really get any big wins. 
And I like to look at these nine nominees and say, if we didn't have our extended 5 to 10 <clears throat> type of voting system for nominations, who would be the top five? And when I look at it, Call Me By Your Name is not in the top five. That's just my opinion, though. Maybe you feel that Call Me By Your Name is a top three movie and it has a good chance to win Best Picture. I personally don't think so. <clears throat> you know, Luca was not getting any attention or recognition throughout the, um, the awards season. It seems more like a critical darling, you know, a small indie gem rather than a film that is destined to win Best Picture. And yeah, so like I said, I don't think that Call Me By Your Name has a chance to win Best Picture, but it got nominated, so it should be happy about that. Next film I want to talk about is Darkest Hour. This is another film that I have not seen, so <clears throat> personally I can't give any comments on the quality of the film, but I can say that I was surprised that it got a nomination when they announced the nominees. Darkest Hour really has been absent throughout the awards season. Aside from Gary Oldman taking in all the awards throughout awards season, especially in the major guilds, this seems like this seemed like a film that was like the Gary Oldman show. It was <clears throat> destined to be him. He's going to likely win the Oscar. And but aside from that, it didn't seem like people, the Academy, liked the film very much. So I am surprised that it got in for Best Picture. And if like I said, if I were to look at the top five, it definitely doesn't make the top five. I think it might be number eight or number nine out of all the nominations. So that being said, it should just be happy that it got a nominate uh, a nomination. <clears throat> There's also the same storyline with the World War II, Winston Churchill, and there was another war movie that came out this year called Dunkirk, which I will talk about next. But Darkest Hour seems like the people that like Darkest Hour, maybe they like Dunkirk too. I can't say but they do have a very similar you know, storyline, or at least a similar narrative, even though it's done in different perspectives. But that could hurt its chances, because I don't know if <clears throat> those, pe those people that love Darkest Hour, if they also love Dunkirk and vice versa, it might just be one or the other. So there might be a split decision here when voting for Best Picture. Those who like Darkest Hour did not like Dunkirk and vice versa rather than just one of these films getting in and then everyone who is a history buff who likes this type of story can kind of pull their votes towards that film so maybe that's going to hurt Darkest Hour but like I said the movie should just be happy with the nomination and I do not think it's going to win <clears throat> now moving on to Dunkirk personally I love this film so it's hard for me to talk about how it's not going to win Best Picture but, you know, there's a, there's kind of a stigma from the Academy, or at least people who watch the Academy Awards, that say, hey, the Academy and the Oscars, they love war movies. They always reward war movies. But do they really? <coughs> Excuse me. So I looked back, and yeah, you know, I listed a, a handful of war movies from the past, you know, 15, 20 years. We have movies like Hacksaw Ridge, American Sniper, Zero Dark Thirty, War Horse, 
letters from Iwo Jima, Saving Private Ryan, to name a few, and none of those won Best Picture. So, aside from The Hurt Locker that won in 2009, you know, for the past 15, 20 years, there's been a lot of war movies, there's been a lot of good ones, and there's been a lot, all of these were nominated for Best Picture, but only The Hurt Locker ended up winning. So, what does that really say? I don't really think the, that the Academy loves war movies like everyone thinks they do. Um, Dunkirk is also a tough sell because it wasn't in for SAG Ensemble. It is not your conventional type of war film with a narrative that follows at least one or a group of soldiers. It is done more of an experience where you can kind of experience what the war was like in three different perspectives on land on sea in the air so that was very expertly done but it was just very you know i would say unconventional and of course there's a christopher nolan behind the camera so we can ex expect these sort of decisions being made in the production of this film but even on top of that to piggyback off of that, the Academy has not really shown too much love for Christopher Nolan. I mean, it was because of Christopher Nolan's film being snubbed for Best Picture, which was The Dark Knight, that created such an outrage that the Academy was forced to change up its rules the following year. So there is definitely some type of divide between the Academy and Christopher Nolan. And they never really saw eye to eye. This is the first time, this is the first year, this is the first nomination for Christopher Nolan for a Best Director. And, I mean, at this point, you would think that he would have two or three by now. But this is his first one. So I don't think Dunkirk is going to win. Um, it looks like it could be more like a Gravity or a Mad Max Fury Road of you know, recent years where it takes a lot of technical wins. It's going to win a lot of technical wins. It might end up winning, you know, four or five Oscars, and that might end up being the most of the night. Who knows? <clears throat> but yeah, just because war movies don't usually tend to win, at least recently they don't, and the fact that I think there's a, a, a split or a divide from, from the Academy and Chris Nolan, I don't think Dunkirk is going to win. <clears throat> All right, moving on. The Post. I haven't seen this movie as well. So, yes. I can't talk about the quality of the film, but I can say that The Post, I think, barely made it on here to Best Picture nominations. Um, the word of mouth is, is not incredibly positive at all. If anything, it's very bland. Aside from Meryl Streep's performance, everyone that I've listened to and read has not really been too supportive of the film. That being said, <clears throat> it's still Steven Spielberg, it's still Tom Hanks, but I think the biggest omission and a snub and the biggest indicator that it's not going to win Best Picture is that it did not receive a SAG Ensemble nominee. And movies that weren't even nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars got in, like, Mudbound and The Big Sick. So, that being said, I mean, how do you not get a SAG ensemble for a film that has Mel Streep, Tom Hanks, and a number of other 
big actors in a very ensemble type of movie. <clears throat> That's kind of I don't know. There's something there. There was definitely something up when it didn't receive a SAG Ensemble Award nomination. And that being said, I don't think it's strong enough to win Best Picture. It did not do well throughout award season. And like I said, people, at least from what I've been listening to, have been very lukewarm towards this film. So, you know, do not bet on this film to win Best Picture. You will lose all your money. Moving on to Phantom Thread, the Paul Thomas Anderson film. I was personally surprised this got nominated. Not that I don't think that PTA is an excellent director. Not that I don't think that Daniel Day-Lewis is an excellent actor. The parts are there. The parts are there. But it just was kind of shut out throughout award season and the guilds. And I personally just felt that, you know, either A, the guilds aren't showing it any love because no one's seen it. Or B, the guilds haven't showed, did not pay any interest to it because... No one saw the film. I thought it had to be one of those two reasons. But I don't know. Whatever the reason be, enough people saw this film and seemingly loved this film enough to nominate it for Best Picture this year, which is fine. I haven't seen the film. I really want to watch it. But I guarantee you I'm going to love this film. It seems like a very high-quality film. And from the people that I've listened to and read... You know, they love it too. It's on a lot of top 10 critics' lists. So, why won't it win? Again, I I don't know. You know, would it really be a top 5 film if there was only 5 films nominated for Best Picture? I doubt it. Um, There is a good amount of love because, like I said, Daniel Day-Lewis got in. Maybe he wasn't really being predicted to get in. Leslie Manville got in. She probably wasn't being talked about too much. PTA got in for a Best Director. Like we say, the parts are there, but this film still seems a little bit too small. Paul Thomas Anderson tends to make films a little quirky, so maybe it's a little bit too quirky for the Academy. Um, if anything, they might try to reward Daniel Day-Lewis because this is his quote-unquote last acting performance ever. He's retiring, so they might want to reward him more than the movie itself. I don't know. I just don't really think it has a shot to win Best Picture. Hold on one second. I just need some of my tea. So hold on. Uh, I'm doing my best to not get sick. I was sick maybe a month or so ago. But it's really, really tough working at a school, being surrounded by kids that are coughing on you, and everyone's getting sick. So maybe me drinking tea constantly will fight that off. Okay, <coughs> excuse me. So, we only have one, two, three, four more films to go. And like I said, this is my, these are my cases against every single film. I'm not going to pick a film and say this film's going to win Best Picture. I'm going to say that none of these films are going to win. I'm going to give you these reasons why. So, my next film is Lady Bird. This is a film that I personally enjoyed. A film that I saw a while back. I really, really did love this film. But... I don't think it's going to win Best Picture. Number one, it is kind of too heavy on the female side. Um, You know, immediately after I saw the film, I said, this movie is a delight. This movie is so, just so excellent in many ways. But I feel like I can't really relate to it as well as females could. 
and it's a it's about a mother and daughter relationship and it's such a great movie you know i respect everything that greta gerwig did and yeah, of course sersha and you know um laurie metcalf great performances but you know the academy is made up of a majority of men and therefore will there be enough of them to really vote for lady bird i don't think so i don't think so um there are a lot of like rumblings throughout that's that a lot of men saying that they don't really think that lady bird is anything special that of course you know i'm not saying all men are singing that because I listen to some podcasts and I res- there's a lot of critics that I completely respect and adore and idolize. And those critics love Lady Bird and they're all men that I've been reading. So I'm not saying that all men in the Academy are going to hate or <clears throat> not respect the film. I'm just saying a good amount might. And that will hurt Lady Bird's chances to win Best Picture. There are two stats that I want to combine with another film that is going to hurt the chances. And I will do that right now. So I will continue with Lady Bird in a couple seconds. But first, my next film is Get Out. Get Out was... I mean, I'm just... I'm not baffled, but I am pleasantly surprised that Get Out is still here in the race. Get Out came out earlier in the year. Maybe March of 2017. And the buzz just never died down. And I am so impressed because it is an incredible film. I love this film. I've seen this film probably four or five times by now. And it is an exceptional film. So happy that it's getting all of the recognition. But I don't think it's going to win. Just like Lady Bird, you know, Get Out, even though it's a genre-breaking film, it is still essentially has a lot of horrific and horror elements to it. And typically horror just does not work for the Academy. Sinus of the Lambs, you could say, was maybe a horror, maybe a thriller, you know, psychological. Get Out is still in the same line. It's not entirely horror, but it definitely has some thriller and psychological thriller aspects to it. So sure, you can co- compare Get Out and Sinus of the Lambs, kind of, but let's think about that. Sinus of the Lambs came out in 1993. So really, there hasn't been a film of this genre to win or even be nominated, but definitely to win Best Picture in, you know, like 25 plus years. So, it's not looking good for Get Out at all. But here's the stat that I want to pinpoint about Lady Bird and Get Out. They go in the same same category here, that both of these films did not receive a Best Editing nomination at the Oscars. Now, that might not be that big of a deal to you, but if we go back in the history of the Oscars... Only one film since 1980, now we're going way back here, since 1980 has won Best Picture without being nominated for Best Editing. And that movie was Birdman, so yes, it is kind of recent. But not getting that Best Editing nomination at the Oscars seems to be a pretty big deal. And, you know, editing is such a big part of a movie. And there was just such excellent films out this year in 2017. So for whatever, I mean, I can understand Lady Bird probably doesn't have the strongest editing because it doesn't really need it. It's a very fluent type of story. It thrives off of its excellent screenplay, excellent direction, and excellent, you know, performances. Editing doesn't really... You don't think you don't think editing when you think about Lady Bird. Get Out, on the other hand, you know I could 
there's definitely some really good editing going on in that film, but for whatever the case, it's not it was not nominated. So, like I said, I'll repeat this one more time. <clears throat> Since 1980, so we're going back a long time here, you know, even before I was born. So they were talking about like 30 plus, 35 plus years. <clears throat> Since 1980, only one film won Best Picture without being nominated for Best Editing. So yeah, Lady Bird and Get Out, sorry, that's that's a big stat against both of those movies. So, And I'm not done. There's also another stat that is really, really big. So Lady Bird and Get Out did not receive a BAFTA nomination for Best Film of the Year. The BAFTA are basically the British Oscars, and you know they do their thing before the Oscars and so forth. It's not that big of a deal. That's what I thought, at least. But when I looked up the statistic, so the last time a film won Best Picture without receiving a BAFTA nomination for Best Picture, or for Best Film of the Year, was Million Dollar Baby in 2004. So we're talking 14 years ago that a film was not nominated for a BAFTA Film of the Year and won Best Picture. So those are two big, major strikes against Lady Bird and Get Out. If one of those two films ends up winning Best Picture, it would be crushing and absolutely be just destroying history and what we can make sense statistically of this race. But it seems very, very unlikely. You know, I gave my case against both of these films, Lady Bird to female-centric, get-out, horror movies, not typically, you know, liked by the Academy. And that's one strike each. And then two and three strikes are the no best editing nomination and then no BAFTA best film nomination. So that's three strikes, you're out. Sorry, those films are not going to win Best Picture this year. Next, we have three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. I love this film. I thought this film was very excellent. But do I think it's going to win Best Picture? Very, very unlikely. <clears throat> Despite all of the success that Three Billboards has been having throughout awards season, that only really did one thing for them. It created a backlash against the film. There are people that are very, very passionately against three billboards and that's never a good thing you know there's this year especially because of the winter olympics there is a bigger gap between denominations of the oscars and when the oscars are actually going to be <clears throat> held and so the voting process is even longer than usual that gives you that gives there more time for their a backlash to really, really dig its teeth into the meat of the backlash and cause so much chaos for a film that they don't even have a chance. You know, there's there's a lot of people that do not like three billboards, and I think that that backlash is very real. And I will go, I will go one up even further. Three Billboards did not get a Best Direction, Best Director nomination for Martin McDonough. That is huge. Very, 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 very huge. <clears throat> so the statistic goes that for a film to not get a Best Director nomination, that film rarely wins Best Picture. In fact, 
out of Oscar history, there's only been four films that won Best Picture without a Best Director nomination for the film. Most recently, it was Argo. Ben Affleck did not get a Best Director nomination, but people rallied around him and people rallied around the film to make it win Best Picture. It was almost like I remember that year because I quickly said that Lincoln is going to be our next Best Picture winner. I said that very, very early on. And I was a fool because after Ben Affleck did not receive a Best Director nomination, even though he got nominated for the DGAs and ended up winning the DGAs, <clears throat> he did not get a Best uh, Best Director nomination. And then there was like this outrage, this pouring of support for Ben Affleck. And on top of that, Argo was a very, very good film. And it was a very, very, very Oscar-y type of film. You know, it had... It basically was about making movies is saving the world. And Academy members love that type of story. I mean, look at the artist. That, that movie was about making a movie, you know. Um, so Argo was huge in that aspect. And everyone wanted to rally behind Ben Affleck to push Argo to win. And he did. I mean, they did. That's what, exactly what happened. Everyone wanted to see Ben Affleck on the podium that night. And they did. <clears throat> Is three billboards destined to have that exact same result? That is very, very doubtful. For one, Martin McDonough is not Ben Affleck. He is not that affable. He is not out there doing everything he can to make sure three billboards wins this award. Number two, there's not the same movie. Three billboards is very divisive. There's a huge backlash against it because it is... Very, very, it has to do with a lot of racism, it has to do with a lot of feminism going on, and there's just a storyline that is not easily digested, and a lot of people have problems with a lot of subtle, but, you know, but important turn of events, and certain characters that they just don't like. There's a lot to not like about Three Billboards. So yeah, Argo was one of those films that everyone loved. Three Billboards is not that film. So, to repeat myself, only four films in Oscar history ended up winning Best Picture without a Best Director nomination. That was Argo. Before that was Driving Miss Daisy. And before that, you had to go all the way to like some of the first Oscar winners. I think we're talking about 1929 and 1933 were the other two. So, in a way, I don't even count those because the Academy has changed so much. And... I'm sure the voting process is completely different, and there's just it's a different time of living. But we can look about we can look at the last 50 years at least and say only two have won in the last 50 years, before in the entire history. That's a big deal. So that's the biggest strike you can have against your film. Three Billboards is not going to win Best Picture this year. So finally, The Shape of Water, and I I, I held this last strategically because. This is the front runner to win Best Picture. It has been doing very well. It it won the uh, Producers Guild of America as Best Picture of the Year. Guillermo del Toro has been winning a lot recently as well. He won the DGA and he is favored to win Best Director. And um, <clears throat> but I don't know. I just don't feel confident that The Shape of Water is going to win. The it it got a number of nominations for the actors, but none of those actors are really 
go, they're not favored, or they're definitely not going to win any awards. So that's a big strike against it. Um, it won the PGA, like I said, but statistically, the last two movies that won the PGA Award for Film of the Year lost Best Picture at the Oscars, and those movies are La La Land and The Big Short. <clears throat> In addition to that, there's a curse at the DGA where, you know, the past two directors to win the DGA Award, those films did not win Best Picture, respectively. <clears throat> um, so yeah, that goes for Dam Damien Chazelle and I believe uh, Inyaritu for The Revenant. And the biggest, most important thing is that it did not receive a SAG Ensemble nomination. And that's strange. You know, that's even stranger than The Post not getting a SAG Ensemble nomination. Because The Post, you have the biggest names, legends, living legends. But even though we don't have living legends in The Shape of Water, we have a huge ensemble cast. Sally Hawkins, Michael Shannon, Richard Jenkins, Octavia Spencer, and it goes on. These are, this is an ensemble cast. This is a phenomenal film that is supposedly loved by everyone. How did it miss out on Best SAG Ensemble Cast? It makes no sense. What does make sense is that this is going to be the reason why it doesn't win. SAG, as we know, the actors make up of, is the biggest guild and it's the biggest section of the Academy. So if the biggest section of the Academy did not even think that The Shape of Water was going to be one of their top five favorite SAG ensembles, <clears throat> will they re even really put it? Is there enough votes for Shape of Water to win if the, if the actors aren't really behind it that much? And to, to really make my point about how important that SAG ensemble nomination is, if, if Shape of Water wins Best Picture, it will become the first film since 1995 to win Best Picture without a SAG Ensemble nomination. And that is just proof that the SAG, the actors, are the biggest guild, they're the biggest group of the Academy, and they have a lot of weight to pull. And the reason that, whatever the reason is that Shape of Water did not receive a SAG Ensemble, maybe actors don't like the film that much. Therefore, the biggest group of the Academy does not like the front runner of Best Picture. So The Shape of Water really looks like it doesn't have a chance to win. And a lot of people are making this comparison that The Shape of Water is this year's La La Land. And I'm saying that's a pretty good comparison. <clears throat> Excuse me. Last year, La La Land had the most nominations with 14. This year, Shape of Water has the most nominations of, 14, of 13. I'm sorry. So that's a lot. And I think, to be fair, nobody thought Shape of Water was going to get that many nominations. So it is overplaying itself. It's, it's doing better than people expected it to. Um, and because of it being a front runner, there is a slight backlash. You know, there's a slight backlash against it. It's a Guillermo del Toro film. It's a monster film. There's a monster in it. So maybe a little bit too weird for some Academy voters. Um... But yeah, it got the PGA win, it got the DGA win, there was no SAG Ensemble, and these are all things that happened to La La Land last year. Now, is it going to be this year's La La Land? You know, I think so. I think that it's really going down, you know, checkbox after checkbox.
you know, Damien Chazelle won DGA. He won the Oscars for Best Director. Guillermo, I think, is going to do the exact same thing. He won DGA. He's going to win Best Director. But the film, the film is not, it's not strong enough, at least in my eyes, to win Best Picture. And on top of that, there's all these statistics that go against it. So the ship of water is going to fall short. And before I conclude this episode, we just have to talk about a little bit about the preferential voting. So last year, Moonlight won. And whatever the case, you know, La La Land had a backlash against it. La La Land, people didn't think it was that strong of a film. It didn't have the SAG ensemble, so the actors probably didn't vote too much for it. It just... Okay, let me just backtrack a little bit. So every film is going to have their passionate, passionate, you know, fans. And they're going to put those films as the number one. Every single nine films nominated for Best Picture this year, they are going to receive a fine amount of number one films. A number one, because they have to, uh, if you're a part of the Academy, you have to rank your favorite films. So that's fine. The way that the voting process works is that you have to take the film that is going to get the least amount of number one films. And in my opinion, it's going to be somewhere like The Post, Darkest Hour, or um, Phantom Thread. I think it's going to be Darkest Hour. So let's just say, hypothetically, Darkest Hour gets the least amount of number one votes. That means all those votes get thrown back into the pool, and then whoever voted for Darkest Hour number one... They now take those ballots and look at the number two on all of those ballots. So whoever likes Darkest Hour the most, they're going to now take that out of the picture and look at those ballots number two. And then whoever, whatever film gets number two, that's going to benefit from those Darkest Hour number one ballots. So you have to think about... You know, if I am an Academy member and I love The Darkest Hour so much that I nominated it as my number one film of the year, what type of person am I? Am I am I a person that loved Gary Oldman's acting so much that, like, you know, I'm a part of the the SAG, the acting guilds? And maybe I think about another film that had a spectacular acting performance, and that could be, you know, either Lady Bird or three billboards. So maybe a lot of people that voted for Darkest Hour will get the number twos and throw it into Lady Bird and three billboards. And therefore, those movies are going to receive a bump. But then, even after that process is done, you think about, okay, no film has gotten more than 50% yet. So we got to do the process again. So what is the next film that got the least amount of number ones? And maybe it's going to be The Post. So now we have to think about what kind of Academy member thought that The Post was the best film of the year. The Post has to do with journalism, maybe a big part of the Writers Guild of America. A lot of the screenwriters and screen you know plays, <clears throat> those people voted for Post number one because they really liked the story about you know about journalism. So if they put the post number one, what would they pick number two, probably? What film had a really strong screenplay or had to do with a similar theme of that? That's, that's the way I like to think of it. And I don't think Dunkirk is being applauded for its screenplay, so that's going to be out. Darkest Hour is already out. Um, maybe Phantom Thread, because Paul Thomas Anderson has 
uh, many great films that he has penned. But I think films like films like Lady Bird and Get Out could really benefit from you know because they both were nominated and Get Out recently won the WGA for best screenplay, best original screenplay. So maybe those are the films that are going to benefit from the post going out. So like I said, this is a very complicated process. But, you know, there's a lot going on, and basically at the end of the day, <coughs> excuse me, no film is going to win based on its number one votes alone. There is, not, is, there is not one universal film that is liked and loved more than all other eight films combined. Like, that's not here. This is such a wide-open film. So it's going to come down to a lot of movies number twos and a lot of movies number threes because... It's going to ensure that the movie that is liked, that is just liked the most, not loved, but liked the most, in a popular type of vote, is going to win. But like I said, that could be any film. And if I were to pick my top five films from this nine, it would be Lady Bird, Get Out, Three Billboards, Shape of Water, and Dunkirk. Those are my top five that I personally think the Academy likes the most. And if there were only five nominations, I think those five would have gotten in. But I think any of those five can legitimately have a good chance to win i just gave you my reasons why each of those films will not win but at the end of the day we all got to make a prediction we all got to look at the stats we all got to you know vote with our guts and we got to make a prediction all i'm saying is that you know my prediction is as good as yours and i hope that you're right or i hope that i'm right but it's just going to be exciting when they read out that movie title at the end of the Oscars and hopefully they read out the correct name the first time around so thank you for listening this is the Oscar Doctor thank you for tuning in this is a separate segment off of the popcorn and pop culture podcast see you next time